Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons of truly wonderful and kind-hearted entrepreneurs, battle-hardened entrepreneurs. I am your host, Michael Brooks. Thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being a part of The Scaling Edge. Today, we have Annie Margarita Yang, who wrote her second book uh, on the five-day job search. Annie, thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Michael, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so a little bit about myself. I basically didn't go straight to college after high school, worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs for two years. And then after that, I did go to college. I got a degree in communications. But coming out, I ended up working at Domino's Pizza, making $8 an hour. So College wasn't really the golden ticket to getting a great job. And then after that, I so applied. You got, a, you got a college degree and then worked at Domino's for $8? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's a common millennial story, right? After that, I worked. Um, I applied to 50 jobs a day, and then I ended up getting an accounting job with no accounting degree. Did that in just a week. Apparently, that's not normal. <laughs> Um, that job didn't work out for me because the manager was toxic. And then I applied for more accounting positions, landed another accounting job in just six days. And then a year later, I wanted to buy a house. So I needed to make more money and I didn't think my boss would give me a raise. So I did this again and I got an accounting job with no accounting degree in only five days. So that's why I wrote the five-day job search. How did you determine your manager was toxic? Oh, because every morning he gave everyone a break at 10 a.m. And it's only 15 minutes. And uh, I left at 10.01 and I came back at 10.16 because I thought it's a 15-minute break. And he pulled me over at 10.16. He said, young lady, you stole one minute of paid break time. Don't do that again. <laughs> There was more stories like that, but that was the one that stood out to me. That was insane. That's a little, a little bit much. Yeah. But, uh, how many people work there? Twenty. I mean, this is an accounting person. That's what they do. They account <laughs> for everything. Like, that's part of an accounting. I, how much? And look, Ed, we got a little chance to talk before the show. You were, you know, you're. I would say an expert on culture. You've you've re re read over twenty books on remote work culture. How much of that is part of the culture of being rigorous with accounting? What do you mean by being rigorous with accounting? I mean, this this job wasn't an accounting. It wasn't for an accounting firm. He ran a jewelry manufacturing company. So I was the only accountant on staff. Like everyone else was working with their hands, making jewelry and things like that. So. That's a bit much for a jewelry company. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I just don't know how you get the word toxic. It's just more of a, that's weird. That just word gets thrown around a lot when it's like, eh, it's not really my vibe. Well, but, uh, when, when a manager flips out, like I printed out something on out? a piece of paper. He flipped out. I printed something on a piece of paper in color and he flipped out. He said, you're, you can't print in color. Well, I didn't know the rule. He didn't explain that to me. He only flipped out after I printed in color. Um, and one time I printed out on a new sheet of paper and he flipped out again. And he was like, you're supposed to print out on an old sheet of paper that's already used because this is not an important document that you're printing. So I want you to print on the back of it. And then I was like, 
I didn't know this rule either. Like he didn't explain this to me, his expectations of how I needed to do things before I did them. He just flipped out after I did it, you know? So I, I consider that toxic, you know? Probably. It yeah. took me a long time of working in those type of environments. When I was growing up, we didn't really have the luxury of considering someone toxic. We just had to make money. And there was just, there wasn't a lot of jobs out there. It was like, I started really working after the dot, dot bomb boom and there weren't many jobs. And I had, I had a boss like that and it wasn't the funnest thing in the world, but I learned a lot. And, but I weren't, what I learned most was not to let other people's emotions and energy affect me. And that was, uh, that was one of the biggest challenges that I had to overcome is where I look at him and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. I'll take care of that in the future. Have a great day. And I'll make sure not to be that one minute late. I won't do it again. And by the way, I left a dollar on your table for that because I feel like I you, know, like you bring things to the ridiculous back to the ridiculous. And it, uh, it was, uh, I, I had somebody job once we had a products and I were a call center and I called the call center to test and, and I Called the guy after I said, Hey, I found this error in our customer service and our sales process. And he's like, You just cost me 80 cents. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and I took it all. I was all internalized it. And then I just, I just uh, called him again and said, Hey, man, I just left a dollar on your desk just to cover that. I just want to tell you, I apologize for costing you 80 cents. I was, I thought I was doing my job, but clearly I wasn't. And then he just felt stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's it's all right. You can keep your dollar. No, no, no. This is an egregious <laughs> error on my part. And I want to let you know I take this stuff seriously. <laughs> no, I think you're sarcastic. <laughs> it is, but I'm really good at it. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I just had to kind of go off there. So please continue. Yeah, what I really want to share with people today is how they can brand themselves in this job market, or if you're an entrepreneur, how you can brand yourself. Because if I managed to get an accounting position with no accounting degree, people were asking me, like, how did you manage to do that three times in a row in only five days when other accountants who are far more qualified than me are here, like unemployed, wondering how they can land their next job? Um, I, I want to share with people how they can brand themselves. So one of the first things that you need to do is you need to have a professional headshot on your LinkedIn. Like I see people on LinkedIn, they are using their iPhone for their photo. Uh, they are using a photo that was taken from a professional photographer, but at a wedding. And that's just not going to cut it. You know, I want your listeners to go actually look for a headshot photographer. So go on Google, search the words headshot photographer near me. Look at all the portfolios, find one that has the kind of vibe that you're going for, for your kind of job or your kind of clientele. And then... Um, also the preparation work matters as well. So before you go in for the headshot, 80% of looking great is the homework that you do beforehand. So you need to book a hair appointment on the same day, get a fresh haircut. So you look great, get a blowout if you're a woman and also get your makeup done. Don't do your own makeup. This applies to men as well. Don't do your own makeup. Because camera makeup is totally different from just regular in-person makeup. It's actually a lot more cakey. The techniques are more different because under bright lighting, it looks really washed out. So use the makeup artist that the photographer recommends because that person will be really familiar with what the photographer wants. And also make sure there's no wrinkles in any of your outfits. 
you know, so make sure you're ironing your outfits the day before and bring in several outfits so that you can take several different photos and choose the one that comes out looking the best. This is this is really important advice, something that's often not even thought about is how you present yourself. So what we've learned already is that if you take a really great picture and you put a lot, I mean, it comes down to attention to detail, right? That is what it is. It comes down to how you show up. So if you show up and you put that much detail in your LinkedIn picture alone, then you can get an accounting job with a communications degree. (laughs) (laughs) So how long did you last in accounting before you realized you have far too good of a personality to be in that type of I'm still in accounting. I still have, yeah, I'm I'm actually still working the same full-time job um, from when I landed the last one in only five days. I'm still working for this guy, but I was also building my own accounting firm and getting clients. And then sometime back in November, I just got the strong feeling. I always follow my intuition. You got to write this next book. And then it was like, the next book. Okay, the next book is about how to land a job quickly because you know what? We're about to have these massive layoffs. And uh, I I just listened to this intuition. I wrote the book. And you know what? Ever since November, we have had massive layoffs. Facebook has had multiple rounds of layoffs since then. Um, so has Google, Twitter, and not just tech companies, but healthcare companies as well, trucking. It's like all over now. I think anybody that is is considering looking for a job or even building their online presence would be wise to hear your advice because I find those details to be so significant. And it's the difference between between someone hiring you or or, or looking at you or not. Or just passing through. If you should, it's, it's how you, what, what you're saying is, it's how you're showing up. It is be, always be, about how you show up. Because be prepared. Be prepared a, to, to be different. Be prepared to stand out because you're going to need it. It's about selling yourself. People need to be able to sell themselves. And I think what people forget is like, they rely on just the fact they want their name, the name of their school to do the talking for them. And that's just not how it works. You know, you still have to learn how to sell yourself, your own ideas to your employer, to your clients. Not anymore. Not anymore. It used to. It used to be very significant. And it used to be a a title on a resume, right? You went to this school on a resume and this was your your options. But that's not how the world works anymore. That yes, I, I thought you meant not anymore. You don't need to learn how to sell yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, what? No, no okay. I'm sorry. No, the having a uh, having a, um, a a school name on a resume doesn't doesn't do it anymore. Nobody says, no. "Wow, this guy's a almost graduated from Chico State. He must be one of the greatest minds in the country." Right? I'm never going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I did attend Chico State, but I did not finish Chico State. <laughs> it's, it's known, largely known as a party school, but it really does have people that are very bright in their own field. They're some of the best salespeople in the world come out of there. But that's not it. If you're not showing up and representing that you're one of the best salespeople in the world, it doesn't matter how much you were able to drink at Chico State. You, you, and and how how social you were. People are going to look at you and just pass you over and look for the next person that put that care into their profile and put that care into their persona because that not just 
elevates yourself, what that does to somebody looking to hire you is it they know it's going to elevate their organization to have you there. So there's a different value that you bring, not just, hey, look at how detailed-oriented this person is. She's going to show up on my organization and do a good job. It's look at how this person represents herself. I want her to be a person that represents the type of people that we want in our organization. I want to add to what you're saying there. Please do. Because you said it's about how you represent yourself and look at how she represents herself. I want that to represent my company. I think with the way people are these days, so politically correct, it's like, hey, guys, I know the the whole gender thing and then dressing up how you want any way you want. You still need to dress professional. I don't care like what your your personal values are in this case, but professional is professional. And showing up in the workplace, you represent the company you're working for. And you want to look the part. You want to look for the part of your next job, your dream job, or the next thing you're doing in your career for your entrepreneurial um, pursuits, right? Because people want to introduce you to other people. Like if you're so good at what you're doing, people want to connect you to other people who would benefit from meeting you, right? But if you're not looking the part, And if you don't like look amazing, speak amazing, you're not helping them make that connection because if you look good, you make that person look good as well. So there is a personal benefit for other people when they make the introduction for you, because it's like the other person that's being introduced to would be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so, I want to thank you so much for making that introduction. Like that is like doing a favor for the other person, but you also have to make it easy for them by looking the part, you know? Rock solid advice. So along with that, what else is there in the uh, five-day job search? What else does that convey that helps people find jobs quickly, find the right jobs quickly? The LinkedIn profile bio. I used to personally think that the bio, this professionally written bio, like so-and-so has been featured on CNBC, on MSN and Fox, blah, blah, blah. Like those kind of professional looking bios, I used to think those are reserved for super famous people or only the highly regarded experts in our industry. But actually, no, I actually think that you can get this kind of professionally written bio even when you're just starting out as an entry-level person who just graduated college or you're transitioning or you just started building your own business and nobody knows who you are, like you can get this kind of thing written to present yourself properly. And um, it's even cheaper than before. You used to have to pay $300 to $500 for someone to write something like this. You can do it now for free, well, almost free with ChatGPT4. Like you can literally um, go on ChatGPT4, which is $20 a month, so get one month of it. And then prompt the, the software to, to say, I want a bio written for my LinkedIn profile. What information do you need from me to write this bio? And then it's going to start churning out like 10 different points that you're going to need to provide software. And then just feedback the software, those 10 things that it's asking for. If you can't do all 10, you can just say NA for point number six or NA for point number nine, right? Just feed it back in and it will churn out a bio that's already good enough, I think. It just needs a little tweaking. And if if you don't like the tone or the style of the writing, you can actually go on LinkedIn, look at other people's profiles and find one that has a tone and style that you like. Copy and paste that bio into ChatGPT and say, please analyze for me the tone and style of this 
bio here, and it will analyze it for you, and then say, now, in that same kind of tone and style that you just analyzed, write that tone and style for my bio, and it will give you what you want very easily. That's a, that's a very interactive way to use ChatGPT. Most people that I know just kind of put something in and say, write me this. But you're actually taking an interactive step saying, hey, what, what do you need? For, you're asking the AI what it needs from you to write the best bio. Yes. That's, that's I actually did the same thing for you as well. I actually had a pre-made template already written out for reaching out to podcast hosts. And at the bottom of the prompt that I put in for ChatGPT. This is Michael's show. It's called The Scaling Edge. And then I copied and pasted everything from your Podmatch profile. And I said, write me a custom message to Michael <laughs> to get him to get me on his show. And and here I, I am on taking, his show. Right now. I hope you're taking notes, Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you've, you guys have learned something new you. that no one else has told you yet. <laughs> Immediately call your makeup artist and get some decent pictures going. I will. All right. See, Max is already starting on this advice. Um, that's really cool. So what are you doing now? What are you doing with your book? How are you helping people? I am promoting this book. I'm going on a whole podcast and media tour. I'm already booked on 60. I plan to go on 500 in over the next 12 months. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go on to sell millions of this book because of the way things are going. And, you know, I'm not going to stop selling and promoting it until it sells millions. So I'm just going to keep on going. Go big or go home. That's my motto. Well, I love it. I love it. And your first book sold 2,000 copies? Yes, that's right. 1,001 Ways to Save Money sold 2,000 copies through only my YouTube video. So I think if I actually put in the effort to market this second book, there's no brainer that it's going to sell a lot. Well, I can tell you, you've given some really good information and I think it's worth reading. I do think it's more than just a job search. It's really how you're presenting yourself. It's a client search. It, it, it really is a, it sounds like it's very much um, a, a, like a, a, a digital persona amplifier. Yeah. Right? So it, this it's is, really about putting your best foot forward and how to do that. How to digital, how to build your digital reputation and put your digital footprint and digital uh, persona forward in the best possible way possible you can. So how do people find you? How do they get a hold of this great information? They can get a hold of this on AnnieYangFinancial.com. For a limited time only, I'm going to give your listeners a special offer, 10% off discount on a signed paperback copy of the five-day job search. So if they go on AnnieYangFinancial.com, they add the book to the shopping cart. Upon checkout, they can use the coupon code SCALE, S-C-A-L-E. They could also find me on social media. The main platform I use is YouTube, so they can search for Annie Margarita Yang. And starting last week, I also just got on TikTok. So yeah. follow me on TikTok. Uh, username is Annie Yang Financial. That should be another 2,000 books just from TikTok. <laughs> Hopefully. It's, it seems like it's far easier to grow on TikTok than YouTube. I, I've tried it out. Yeah. Really? How so? How is it so much easier? I, I don't know because like I just post this little short. I have like what? Only, I started with only eight followers who are all my friends. And then TikTok's algorithm just starts like feeding the video to other people. I mean, how do I get 250 people to view the video over 24 hours versus on YouTube? I think if you start out with only eight subscribers on YouTube, clearly it's, you're not going to have 250 views within the first 24 hours. There's something with the algorithm that's like spreading the video around up to 250. 
you know. Or it could be the makeup artist. You never know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, thank you, Annie. Uh, we'll throw the URL in the show notes. Ten percent off the five-day job search. We appreciate coupon you code scale. Of- Remember that coupon code scale. Coupon code scale. Thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. Uh, We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Bye.